Dog Trucking News is live with the latest news and issues from across the trucking world. Road Dog Trucking News with Mark Willis. Drivers want to welcome you to the first hour serious exams. Road Dog Trucking News. Thanks for being out there, ladies and gentlemen. Let me give you the phone number to call into the program to get it up and running for this Monday. Start of the brand new week here for me. It is the second day of October. The phone number to call in is 888-876-2336 or 8888-ROAD-DOG. Either one will get you in. Uh, so certainly hope that you're going to call in because I want to make you part of the show. And the reason I've got the phone lines open is for you to get on board and talk about What's going on out there in the trucking industry? There are so many different moving parts of the trucking industry out there, guys. You know, from the hours of service to the ELD mandate, uh, energy, you name it, manufacturing. We talk about diesel prices. Everything that you can possibly think of is covered during the course of these two hours here on the program. And I also try to do that online as well. Up on Facebook, it's Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking News Traffic and Weather Service. I was out uh, for all of last week. Took a little time off for a little rest and relaxation, but now back into the swing of it. And I want to send a thank you out to my good friend Dan Ronan for filling in for me during the course of the week. And uh, Dan is a great guy, great newsman. Too, by the way, he has worked for CNN and a number of television stations in major markets across the United States, and his experience level by far, ladies and gentlemen, is unsurpassed. Uh, so my thanks to him for filling in for me during the last week. Uh, he's going to be back. I'll have him back on again at a later point. Uh, so my thanks going out to him. I am going to be on the road, ladies and gentlemen, coming up on Thursday and Friday. I'm going to be broadcasting live from Orlando from the National Alliance. Alliance for Insurance Education and Research. They've got their annual conference coming up in Orlando, and I'm going to be a guest speaker at this conference, and this is going to be a very uh, good informational uh, event, folks, to talk about what's going on in the insurance industry and how it all connects into trucking. I'm going to be a guest speaker and also be broadcasting two of the shows live from the event coming up on Thursday and Friday, so I'll talk more about that. As we get closer, I do want to mention this one breaking news story, guys. It's not trucking related, but it is a terrible story. I've got to mention it. A gunman killed at least 58 people, more than 515 taken to local hospitals after a shooting during a music festival on the Las Vegas Strip. Police identify the gunman as Stephen Paddock, 64 years of age, but no other information about his motive. As of yet, two senior U.S. officials have discounted a claim of responsibility by the Islamic State, and Paddock's brother said that the family was bewildered as to what drove him to a mass murder situation. Now, we're following this for you, of course. We've got the resources of the Fox News channel. If you want to get some more information about this, I do want to mention that uh, there are some channels that are covering this, uh, that uh, there's wall-to-wall -wall coverage on Fox. If you want to get some of the latest details, some of the other channels as well, all you have to do is uh, just simply consult the programming guide and you'll get all the information that you need about that. So, all right, let's get on to the first story of the day, ladies and gentlemen. I don't want to 
to welcome on board a panel discussion. We're going to go into a lot of detail, ladies and gentlemen, about a panel discussion that I hosted at the Dallas Truck Show, the Great American Truck Show, uh, just recently back in August. And, man, it was quite an event, to say the very least, talking about some of the pluses and the minuses of the ELD. You guys know the mandate's coming up in December of this year. I know there's a lot of movement underway to try to slow it down or maybe do away with it altogether. You know, the backstory went on to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court didn't want to hear it. Now it's working its way through the congressional level to try to maybe slow it down or maybe get rid of it altogether. And that's what we covered during the Dallas uh, convention. We talked about this in great detail with a great panel. And I wanted to recreate this on the air uh, for you, ladies and gentlemen, to have you weigh in on this as well. It's great to welcome Tim Ashoff, the president and CEO of uh, Crete and uh, Shaper Trucking. And it's good to welcome you, Tim, back to the program. Also, Sam Walker is a company driver for Crete and Randy Dickey, also a company driver as well. And uh, gentlemen, I want to welcome you to the program this afternoon. It's really good to chat with you both. And uh, Tim, welcome back to the show, sir. Great to be on the show, and I guess first off, on behalf of all of us here at Crete, uh, Schaefer Trucking, and Hunt Transportation, our thoughts and prayers go out to all the victims and their families of the, the tragedy in Las Vegas, um, and it's just, uh, I know there's been overwhelming support for the Las Vegas community and the families, and we want to add our support to that. Yeah, this is a really incredible story when you look at how all of the uh, events unfolded, and uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, investigation going on with this as the uh, story uh, goes forward forward. So uh, thank you for joining us sir, to talk about what's going on with the uh, ELD mandate. Where are we going from here? We had a lot of great debate in Dallas uh, from members of the panel that uh, were on stage with me and uh, also from members of the audience out there. Now set this up uh, for the new listeners out there. What do you do? Your role as president uh, of Creed and Schaefer. Talk about what you do for the companies. Well, uh, my primary role is to is to serve our drivers and our customers. I mean, uh, if you look at a trucking company, that's what we we do. Our goal is to put together our customers' needs with our drivers' desires to to make a good uh, living by delivering our customers' freight. And so, I view that as my my response. My number one responsibility is ensuring that we, as a company, support that. Uh, function and provide great satisfaction to our drivers and to our customers. Okay. Sam Walker is also on the phone with us. Randy Dickey on the phone as well. And uh, Randy, I want to welcome you back to the program, sir. And that was quite a conversation we had in Dallas just a few weeks back. Yes, it was. It was a good time. Uh, a lot of points were made on, on, on the advantages and the benefits of electronic logging devices. You know, I, um, I, I had, go ahead. had a good time. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it was uh, really, I think, very, uh, uh, it was very uh, much a, a very rich, rewarding informational segment, if you will, uh, because of the uh, the debate that was going on back and forth. Now, tell, tell drivers what you do. You're a company driver, correct, Annette? Yeah, I'm a company driver. I've been here for a little over four years. Um, I, you know, my, my history was an executive in trucking companies, um, all the way from director of operations in an air freight carrier to five, over, a little over five years as the vice president of fleet operations at U.S. Express Enterprises. Um, health reasons made me um, stop doing that, and I needed something a little less stressful, so I went back to driving, and I'm having a blast. Oh, goodness sakes. Okay, so- company. 
Oh, and so you're out there on the road. You are uh, meeting new people and traveling uh, quite a bit. Did you ever expect to wind up behind the wheel? Yeah, I, I had driven some before I went into okay. the office. Okay. And um, so I knew kind of what was what was out here. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a lot different now because you have unlimited text and talk and you have music apps that you can use. And uh, I was spending probably four to $500 a month just in phone calls on a payphone to go back to the house and, and talk to my children and my wife. And um, it's a lot less expensive now, so you just do it all you want. Okay, goodness sakes. No, absolutely. That's one of the great things about the uh, technology uh, that is uh, certainly in the trucking arena out there. And Tim, I'll tell you, just from a general standpoint, before we get into the ELD conversation, uh, you've been in trucking for a long time. There has really been some revolutionary changes when it comes to technology helping to enhance the drivers uh is the uh, driver's performance out there and keep them safe out there on the road right absolutely i think it has helped uh, the lifestyle as randy noted with respect to their ways of communicating with families and with their companies uh, but also with respect to systems in the truck from as you mentioned from a safety perspective with collision avoidance roll stability you know adaptive cruise control um abs systems and, and everything else which is I think really been positive progress uh, for the whole dri driving industry as a whole. Uh, and I think here's another step that we're, we're talking about today in ELDs. And our goal in, in, in these types of systems has been to, to find the positives. Where can we you know, take these systems and, and use the positives for the benefit of our drivers? And I think that's a perspective that we've had on it. And, and we've uh, been utilizing the ELDs now for six, seven, eight years. And that's exactly what we did. How do we find the positives to make our driver's life better with these systems? You that uh, you've had them on for about six or seven years now. What are some of the data uh, showing you as far as maybe improving safety, improving performance? Are you are you maybe finding, uh, say, fewer accident numbers? Uh, are you finding better productivity when it comes to uh, deliveries and operations and things like that? Talk about this. Yeah, I'll talk about that with safety and productivity separated out a little bit. And yes, and we have seen uh, improved safety over over the last really uh, starting about ten years ago, and it's a combination of things. Certainly, um, ELDs um, are a part of that. Uh, part of it is, in other words, the change in, in the, the powers of service altogether with the continuous clock and the full 10-hour break, which I think has helped you know, drivers have that good night's sleep, that good sleep cycle. And then, of course, the electronic logs then help ensure um, that we as a company know what cycle a driver's on and you know help them maintain that, that cycle safely. But those combined then with some of the other systems out there, as I mentioned, the, the collision avoidance the role stability, all that kind of coming together at the same time has really improved safety for the industry. And I think if, as you talk about uh, going down to your insurance conference later this week, that'll probably be a big part of that because we have seen that overall safety improve. But probably the, the uh, just as important is the productivity piece because oftentimes people think there's got to be a trade-off. If, if we're going to improve safety, there has to be something that goes uh, away or is negative. And, and I will say there, there is an adjustment period in, in adapting to a electronic logs and you know essentially what what that does is it, it takes the burden off the driver for correcting anything that goes wrong out there in the field on saying okay well you're on a paper log you fix it and it puts it back over onto the company so if there's a, a delay at a shipper um, that now 
causes a driver not to be able to deliver within his or her hours of service, uh, where before uh, you know drivers found a way. That's on us as a company to to manage that and understand that and know that. Uh, but it really starts with us looking at that up front and and dispatching drivers on the loads we know they can be successful on and maximize the use of their hours of service. So with the electronic log information we have, we have an optimization system that matches the, every driver's hours that are out there, what they have available to the load, then that, that helps them maximize the use of those hours. Uh, and so um, it's really been a burden shift from that driver um, to having to, to deal with the challenges that happen out on the road, and us as a company have to do that. And it took a little bit for us to get used to that. We had to um, you know, do some additional training. We added some people, uh, more people internally to manage that, and certainly some systems then that we needed to help ensure we had the, the appropriate information. And then, of course, it was a lot of learning from our drivers back and forth. Hey, what's working? What's not working? After we went through that learning curve, um, you know, I'd, I'd say our productivity is is uh, near close to what it was prior. Um, not quite what it was was um, prior, but we've gotten close, and it's certain we know then uh, drivers have to balance their overall income, so we've had to adjust how we pay our drivers then to uh, make up for some of that lessened productivity. When you when you mentioned paying, paying the drivers a, a little bit more because of the, uh, the productivity concerns, uh, talk about that, because uh, that has got to be something I think a lot of drivers would have questions right out of the gate about, uh, that if they go under the ELD mandate, you know, what is this going to do as far as their bottom line is concerned? A lot of questions about that, or those questions uh, starting to be put to bed? I had a driver here in orientation uh, a couple of weeks ago that was coming over from a company that had paper logs, and you know, he basically told me, um, I'm coming over because you know the company I'm at said they're going to switch to um, ELDs, and he's going to see his miles probably go from you know, 3,400 miles a week down to 2,600 a week. And so he says, you know, I need to make that, that same weekly income, though. And so, uh, you know, I'd, we, we looked at rates of pay per mile, and where our rate per pay per mile, as I mentioned, We've adjusted that over over the years, particularly in the last few years, to, to offset that. So while you may not get as many miles, your, our rate of pay uh, makes up for that as you get more more you know cents per mile that you are running, and then us optimizing, still utilizing your time, so you are getting you know at least those twenty five, twenty six hundred miles uh, a week, and you know closer. You know our, our goals are all of our drivers to be closer to that twenty eight to, to three thousand miles a week, uh, particularly as it's been busy here recently. So it's that per mile pay, but then we look at other things. Uh, you know, we went to a guaranteed detention pay. So if you're getting held up at a shipper or receiver to ensure you're getting paid for that time where you're not able to run because your clock's running. So it's those types of things where we've adapted to ensure that our drivers are still, you know, making the money they need to support their families. Randy, you are out there on a the road, of course, talking to a lot of drivers. And uh, Tim mentioned uh, the shifting of the burden, if you will, back to the company. I would talk about that. How important is that to take that? Uh, concern off of your shoulders uh, with with uh, with that allowing you to do some other things out there as far as you know operation and safety and things like that go into that how important is that in your estimation it's very important um, many times uh, with the previous carrier that I was working for uh, they would just want me to fix it, you know, just figure out how to do it and get it done. Uh, we don't have an option. We've got to deliver this load. Um, I ran into situations here at Creighton where, um, you know, uh, an accident that I get 
tied up in, not necessarily had, but got tied up in, got into a traffic jam, um, weather issues, things like that. And I just communicate with them and let them know that um, I, I can't do what this customer is requiring and they'll either go in and readjust the appointment or we'll look for a repower. Uh, I mean, I've, I've been in situations where it's like, well, maybe I need to split log my way out of this situation and uh, I can do that. Um, but it's a lot less complicated with an electronic log than it is with a paper log because all these calculations you got to do for your your eight hour rule your 11 hour rule your 14 hour rule and your 70 hour rule are done for you right and you can see it so much quicker and it's just right there in front of you on the phone i've got uh, sam sam has joined us now to talk a little bit more uh, about this as well and uh, sam i want to welcome you to the program you're also a company driver ladies and gentlemen sam walker on now for a few minutes and uh, sam welcome to the show uh on the phone absolutely it's good to chat with you again randy and tim are on the phone with me as well and they set this up earlier in the program i wanted to recreate the uh, panel that we had at the dallas truck show a lot of great information a lot of great debate that was exchanged back and forth uh among audience members and among panel members out there are you surprised there are still a lot of folks still on the fence about ELDs? Uh, yes. Talk about yes, your experiences. Go into that, if you will. Well, I, I am truly surprised that there are so many who are, uh, shall we say, dragging their feet. Because this is, this is something that uh, it's already been set up to be a go, and it's going to happen whether they don't want to do it or not. It's just the way it is. Yeah, and one of the one of the comments that uh, Tim had earlier is about uh, shifting the burden. That Tim had earlier is about uh, shifting the burden out there from the driver back onto the company. Uh, let's go into that as well because you know you're out there on the road. Does the fact that the ELT is in place, ready to go, does that take that burden off of your shoulder where you can focus on other operational aspects of what you're doing to drive that truck? Yes, I really think it does. It uh, it, it shifts a, a greater burden of the responsibility for keeping everything legal back onto the company itself because it's just you uh, you're so restricted that uh, you've got so many hours to do so many things, and when you're out of time, you're out of time, and it's uh, it's inarguable and. We can't be breaking the law. Yeah. Okay. I got a break, gentlemen. I'm coming up on traffic and weather, and the uh, drivers would love to get you on board. What I've got going is a two-hour discussion. I wanted to recreate a panel that I was host of at the uh, Dallas Truck Show. On the phone with me, I've got Tim Ashoff. He is the president of Creed and Schaefer. Sam Walker is a company driver as well for Creed. Randy Dickey on the phone as well, company driver for Creed, and also coming up during the next hour on the program. John McDonald, an owner-operator, is going to be joining me, and Tom Cuthbertson with Omnitracks will be on as well. We're going to talk about the technology and what it does, what it means to you out there. Agree, disagree, you're welcome to jump in. That's why I'm going to be bringing you a number of shows concerning the ELD mandate and what it means going forward for you. So do you agree with the panel? Do you disagree? You're more than welcome to jump in. A number of folks are holding already. Dreamer says he's been told that if you stop within the first three hours of using an ELD, you can get fined. Is that 
True. I'll check on that. We'll find out for you. And also, Crusader is coming up in, uh, let's see, Tennessee. He says that uh, he hates the ELDs. The hours of service is the real issue. Uh, so we'll get into that as well. So both sides on the table, ladies and gentlemen, for you to get into the mix. And again, it's 888-876-2336. Let me update what's going on with traffic and weather. Let's do that now right here on Sirius XM. Hey, guys, welcome back to the program, and thank you for being out there. And again, let me give you the phone number to call into the program. If you want to dial in, you're more than welcome to do it. It's 888-876-2336-8888 Road Dog. That number good all across North America. And on the program with me, ladies and gentlemen, I've got Tim Mashoff with Crete and Schaefer. Sam Walker is on board. He's a company driver uh, for Crete and Randy Dickey, also a company driver for Crete. And we are talking about this panel that I hosted in Dallas at the uh, Great American Truck Show talking about the ELD mandates. Uh, a lot of information out there, guys, about what it's going to mean for you and uh, how it's going to impact your operation. You know, the bat story with this concerning how it went to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court turned it all down. Now the industry is really, I think, three minutes to midnight. Uh, wouldn't you say, Tim, is it uh, a good, that a good way to describe it, that we're just inching ever so close to this thing? Are most going to be ready to go come that mandate deadline, in your estimation? What are your thoughts on it? Well, I think most of the, certainly the larger carriers out there are and have been. Uh, I think some of the medium-sized carriers are hearing are, are, are close. Um, and I'd also hear there are a number of carriers out there that have the ELDs but haven't turned them on. And I guess uh, from our experience, um, you're at midnight. <laughs> uh, to, to turn them on uh, one day and think that you're going to be able to uh, operate effectively and efficiently the next, uh, I think, is, is, a, is a tall, tall task. And, and uh, I would encourage people to, to get them in their trucks and get them on, learn how to use them, ensure you have the compatibility with, with your, you know, your truck and otherwise, and then understand uh, what you have to do as a company um, in order to do that. And I know Tom, much better suited uh, than I, as we heard from the panel in Texas, to talk about some of the intricacies of that, and he can probably cover it in the next hour. But from a company perspective, um, as I mentioned earlier, you have to learn how to use that information and how to keep uh, drivers productive. And if we wait until you know December 18th to do that, I think uh, you, you're going to be um, you, you may have uh, compliance, but certainly your operational impacts will be much more than if you uh, start working your way into it. I've got to ask you this before we go to the break. Uh, this went on to the U.S. Supreme Court. Court decided not to hear the case at all. Uh, so uh, it's proceeding. Were you surprised? this made it to the Supreme Court in the first place. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm not surprised it got uh, you know, appealed up to the Supreme Court. It did make it to the Court of Appeals, uh, and then the, by essentially the Supreme Court um, not hearing the case or, or confirming the, the Court of Appeals. And I think I'm not surprised because, you know, as you've followed over the years, this has been up and down the court system and through the regulatory process many, many times. And so I think it's been probably very one of the more thoroughly vetted uh, regulations in the transportation side as to making sure um, it's, it's, they, they complied with the rulemaking process that it anticipates everything required to be um, uh, anticipated by, you know, the law, and that it's, uh, you know, essentially a sound regulation. And I think that's why the Supreme Court didn't hear it, is because they looked at that track record, that history, and said, uh, I don't know there's much more that, that could be done. 
All right, I've got a break, gentlemen, so hold on. I'm coming up on news here, and uh, drivers, again, love to get you in the mix. We are dissecting the ELDs top to bottom, yay or nay. You are more than welcome to jump in with your thoughts on that. Uh, Tim Ashoff, the president and chief operating officer for Crete Carrier Corporation. He's been with the company since 2002. Started with Crete as the general counsel, adding management duties to his role throughout the years, ultimately becoming the chief operating officer for Crete and Schaefer, trucking president in 2015 john mcdonald is going to be joining the panel he's been driving for eight years he's got a bachelor's degree in english and spent 15 years taking care of his mom and his grandmother good for him he decided that he wanted to get out and see the united states and to make a little bit of money at the same time sam walker is on he's been driving a truck for 42 years spent the last 34 with creed and randy dickey has spent much of his career in the trucking industry and for more than 10 years as you were to mention he served as the director of ops for an air freight company before taking on the role of uh, Vice President of Fleet Operations for U.S. Express Enterprises, and then he got his CDL, and then uh, moved over to uh, Crete. So if you want to jump in and talk with all of these guys, you're more than welcome to do that. Again, the phone number is 888-876-2336. It is the bottom of the hour. Let me bring you up to date on news right now. Sirius XM. Welcome back to the program. And again, the phone number to call in, it's 888-876-2336. It's 8888-ROAD-DOG all across North America. I was going to go to Crusader, but he hung up. Uh, so, Crusader, if you want to get in, man, I'd love to get you back on board. Does not like the hours of service, he says. He uh, hates the ELDs and the hours of service. He adds is the real issue. Dreamer in Michigan is going to be first up on the panel. Dreamer, welcome to the program, sir. All right, what say you? Is it three minutes to midnight, or is it midnight in your estimation? Do we need to get on board with this now? Well, I'm telling you, I don't know. I, I can't answer that because I don't know all the <clears throat> regulations and everything on it yet. Um, I'm still on paper log. I know half of our company's on ELD already and the other half isn't. Um, but I've, I've got a serious question uh, where our dispatch is telling us, and I'm not sure if they're misinformed or what, but... Um, apparently if you, if you stop within the first three hours of driving there, you, your company is susceptible to a, uh, a fine. Um, and is this true? Because if it is, uh, you know, I've had instances where it don't matter if I've had 10 hours sleep the night before mm-hmm. I get behind the wheel and I've been driving for an hour and I'm just. I'm dead tired after an hour. I got to pull over for an hour and a half, two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm not going to be able to once I get onto this ELD if it's within the first three hours, or okay. are we misinformed? Okay. All right. I appreciate the phone call. And uh, Tim, what are you hearing? I've not heard anything about that, that, uh, you know, a driver has to, if they stop within the first three hours of using that ELD, <coughs> that uh, they can get fined. That clock doesn't stop, does it? What are your thoughts? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not aware of anything like that. And I think one thing for everyone to remember is the ELD rule does not change the hours of service right. rules. Exactly. So those hours of service rules are all the same. It's just a method for um, insurance compliance with those rules. So there's nothing right now that says if you're driving, uh, you, you can't stop within the first three hours of the hours of service rule. So I, I, I'm not certain where that comes from. It may be a misunderstanding.
understanding, um, but certainly nothing that I'm aware of, nor anything we do at our company. All right, very good. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. You bet. This, this is Randy. Yeah, Randy. Can I address that? Absolutely. The only, the only way that there would be some kind of a penalty for stopping in the first three hours is if you stop in your first three hours, you're going to probably have to stop again uh, to do your 30-minute break. Now, if you wait until yes. after the three hours, you can take your 30-minute break and you're going to get your, the rest of your eight hours. But that's the only thing that, um, I mean, you, you just might have to stop and do another 30-minute break later on if you stop within the first three hours. But you got to do that anyway, yeah, whether you're on right. paper but, logs yeah, or – but you can, you can stop anytime you want to. Yeah, Sam, and Sam weigh in on that uh, based on what he was stating out there. Is this something the industry has got to maybe overcome as we move closer towards that ELD mandate, the misinformation at, that is out there about what these things are going to be doing? Yes, absolutely. I think that that's very true, Mark. It's uh, it, it's a case of uh, not everything being put on the table right up front. It's a, it it seems to me that it's been it's been just throwing it out there, and here it is, and we have to make adjustments as we go along, rather than saying this is it, this is the way it is, and. If you if you come up against a certain situation mm-hmm. that there there is there is some some entity you can contact for clarification of what that would be. I was going to say exactly what Randy said. Mm-hmm. The o- the only penalty I think there would be would be the second thirty minute break for stopping early. Uh, yeah. As Randy said, you can stop anytime you want to. That, yeah. uh, sometimes it's a necessity. As, uh, as your caller stated, if he's right. fired, he's a lot better off stopping than he is going on down the road for another two hours. Tim, let me ask you this. Uh, from your vantage point, uh, being president of the organization, do you, do you think overall the trucking industry or federal regulators have done a good enough job explaining what these guys are going to be facing as we get closer, uh, closer to midnight, if you will? Has the industry done a good job or can it do a whole lot better? Well, I, I think that uh, we have tried. Certainly as a company, we've done a lot. And again, we went through transition and trained drivers and had that. Um, I think the industry has been trying. I just think, as you know, there's many different factions to our industry. And so when you when you don't have a united industry, it's harder to get a clearer message out there. I could say, I think as of the last two years, the, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration has been making a strong effort to try to get the education out to the whole industry and right down to the driver level. Um, you know, we saw that at GATS where they held a number of different panel discussions to try to answer the questions like those just raised. Um, I think, you know, even more recently, uh, I think within the last uh, two weeks, they've put out some additional online information about the hours of service rules themselves because I think what they were finding is, and I, I, I sat in and listened to a couple of those panels at GATS, as I think you did as well, that a lot of the questions of the drivers really weren't questions about the ELD mandate. They were questions about the hours of service rules themselves. And again, those aren't changing. It's just a matter of the ELD um, as a method of ensuring compliance. And so recently, as I mentioned last two weeks, they put out a couple more videos on the on the hours of service rules themselves. And just like the last caller and what... Uh, 
Sam and Randy mentioned, that holds true whether or not you're on a paper log or an electronic log. You know, if you stop within that first three hours, you may need to stop again uh, to hit that, uh, to take that second uh, half hour break. But that's true whether you're on paper or on e-logs. And let me ask you this, Sam and Randy, uh, when you go in to a truck stop and you are at a truck stop lunch counter, if you will, what are you hearing from your fellow drivers out there? Is it more uh, along the lines of what Tim is mentioning, that there's a lot of question about the hours of service rather than the ELD? Uh, is it is that the, at the heart of the issue here? What would you say to that, Randy? Let's start with you. Well, I mean, there's a, I don't know. There's there's a lot of confusion. It seems like still there. There's there's always the uh, um, the cowboy expert, so to speak. I hate to use that terminology, but um, that they they seem to know everything, but they'll give a lot of opinions that are incorrect. Um, just like you got to stop. Um, within your first three hours or you're going to get fined. That's just not true. Uh, right. Um, and there's, uh, it's just an educational thing, I think. If you, yeah. if you have problems with the hours of service, get with your safety director and talk to them and let them know where you're confused. They should be able to, no matter what the carrier is, they should be able to, right. to educate you properly on, on every little detail uh, that there is about them. Uh, yeah. Same way with the ELDs. You can find drivers who have been doing this for years, like myself or Sam or, or you know, many, many, you know, thousands of others that can help you get through that and, and explain to you how they work and how they you can use them to your advantage. And, and Sam, expand on that because uh, when you go in and you sit down at a lunch counter or you're sitting in a booth, what are you hearing from your fellow drivers? Are you hearing pretty much the same uh, remarks that Randy's mentioning out there that somebody might have an opinion that they think is going to be what will happen with the ELD mandate and the hours of service out there? What are you hearing from your vantage point when you sit down with folks? Well, uh, besides echoing exactly what Randy said, like, you know, what he said, yeah. it, uh, uh, m most, most of the people I have encountered uh, have not, not given this a whole lot of thought. Okay. Uh, as you said, as, as you gentlemen talked about earlier, this, this is this is a case of it, it being the exact same hours of service regulations. It's a, just a different method of recording and and com complying with those regulations. And most of the people I've heard about uh, just just from conversations, I find that the majority of it is. The people who think it's just going to be a pain in the rear mm -hmm. to have to have to transition to the the technology rather than the old paper and and pencil and ruler, and you try to convince them that that there's absolutely no difference. It's just a different way of doing it, and and they are just adamant. Uh, yeah. Their minds are made up. Don't confuse them with facts. Yeah, is this also a situation similar to what happened with Qualcomm when that first got rolled out? Uh, was wasn't there a lot of grumbling in the industry about uh, you know the Big Brother approach and what this technology is going to be doing? Now I think the majority of drivers, you know, they they got to have it on board, right? Is it is it similar as to when Qualcomm was rolled? Qualcomm, I should say, was rolled out. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it, when Qualcomm came out. 
everybody, the first thing that everybody was always so worried about was that they were going to be tracked. Yep. And that that would, uh, would effectively eliminate any, shall we say, fudging of the paper logbook because the, the computer does not lie. And anymore, I, I, can't, I can't imagine being without the technology. I really can't. Uh, it, it's so much different than the old days when you used to have to go to a truck stop and babysit a payphone mm. just, to, just to get hold of dispatch and have them tell you that to call back in two hours. Yeah. And it, it, was, it was a welcome change for me. Yeah, I, I've got to imagine those payphone days, man, were maddening, uh, uh, just to say the very least. <laughs> Guys, i got to break right. one more time, and, uh, man, a bunch of folks are holding. Uh, and drivers, if you are just now joining me on the program, I've got Tim Ashoff on the phone with Crete Schaefer, Sam Walker, a company driver for Crete, and Randy Dickey, also a company driver for Crete as well. And uh, basically what I'm doing, guys, is I'm recreating a panel discussion that was held in Dallas at the Great American Truck Show. Man, great debate, great exchange of information during that panel conversation. There were some audience members that did not agree. There were some members of the audience that did agree. Uh, so it's all on the table for you to decide. That's the most important part. What does it mean to you? Let me update what's going on with traffic and weather. Let's do that now, right here on Sirius XM. Driver's Day with the ELD mandate coming up December the 18th. Is it three minutes to midnight or is it midnight? Are you ready for this thing, ladies and gentlemen? That was the basis of a panel discussion that I hosted in Dallas at the Great American Truck Show. And I've got some of those panel members with me this hour. Tim Ashoff, the president uh, of uh, Schaefer and Crete, and uh, Sam Walker, company driver for Crete, and Randy Dickey, also a company driver for Crete as well. Tim, does this keep you up at night? Uh, no, not really. As I said, we've been through this uh, okay. transition, and we have everything uh, going uh, smoothly here. So um, it, what uh, I do think right now it's keeping some others up at night, and, and certainly some of our customers out there, too, is they don't know the impact it's going to have on you know available capacity for them. So we're working hard to uh, accept as many of their loads as possible and provide solutions to them. But you know, uh, for us as a company, um, no, this is, a, this is a no change for us. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's, there's a, probably a lot of other things in the trucking industry that could keep somebody up at night as well. Yeah, there's plenty, plenty of things out there, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, i got to thank you all for joining me on a program. I do want to go to uh, Tom, who's going to be next up in the state of Texas. And uh, Tom, I wanted to bring this great panel together to get their feedback and uh, thoughts out there about this. Where do you stand with this, good sir? Thanks for waiting. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm the type of guy that uh, should be completely against this. I, I own my truck. I own my trailer. I don't work on mileage rate. I, I percentage. And, you know, I am completely for this. And if you bear with me, I'll tell you why. Sure. There's a lot of problems in the industry. I think, what is it, North Carolina just did a study that figured out there is, you can't park trucks in North Carolina. I think it took them four years. The uh, federal government just did one that took seven years. And they figured out it's costing $2 billion a year to the industry. By implementing the EOBR, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. Hours of service, hours of service. You're not going to be able to cheat. This is going to fix a lot of problems in the industry, like parking. Mm -hmm. Or when you have a 1 o'clock appointment and they decide they're going to put you in the dock, you, 
you get there at, at 12.45, they put you in the dock at 6 o'clock, and then you finally get unloaded at midnight the next day. Mm. You know, it's going to fix a lot of these problems. And there's a lot of guys that are, you know, it's like, oh, but it's, it, you know, if you're worried about having, you know, you're driving 80, 90 hours a week running mm. illegal like that, you're working way too hard for your money. Mm. You, need to, you need to, right. You, you need to quit hauling cheap freight. I mean, I've been, on EOBRs for years, I own my truck, and I bet you I only work 55 hours a week. I, I, I've got to leave it at that, Tom. I'm almost, almost half of the hour. And, uh, Randy, I'm under the time clock, and uh, Sam as well. What would you say to that? Is this going to make the industry more efficient in your estimation? Well, yeah. Um, it's going to make a difference in your detention pay. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I have found is customers, both shippers and consignees, are more aware of their need to get me done within two hours, or they're going to get charged attention. Yeah, they're starting to get more cognizant of it. Gentlemen, i got to wrap it up. And, uh, Tim, I want to get a website out there uh, where drivers can find you. I know we're going to continue on with this topic, but uh, let's get that out there as well as we get ready to wrap up. How can they reach you? Sure, they can reach us out there at uh, creekcarrierjobs.com, schaferjobs.com, or on our main, main site at creekcarrier.com. And a lot of information out there for anyone who's interested. And, and certainly, uh, we have done what you've talked about throughout the years, and we've worked with our customers to make that more efficient. So I think your caller is exactly right on. It's going to provide information to help us work with uh, shippers and receivers to make life better for drivers. All right, Tim, thank you, good sir. And uh, Randy and Sam, safe travels to the both of you guys. Thank you for joining me on a program to talk about this and a very, very informative hour. Now, if you are holding on the line, stay on the line. I'm going to keep this topic going with John McDonald, who is an owner-operator, and Tom Cuthbertson with Omnitracks. And we're going to talk a little bit more as to what this is going to mean for the industry. A two-hour forum. You are invited to join me. The phone number, again, it's 888-876-2336. Hour two next right here on Sirius XM 146. Drivers, hey, welcome to hour number two. I've got a two-hour forum underway for you. Let me invite you in. The phone number to call into the program, it's 888-876-2336-8888 Road Dog, all across North America. If you're just now joining me on a program, what I'm doing uh, for my first day back from vacation, I am recreating a panel discussion that was held at the Dallas Truck Show, the Great American Truck Show in Dallas, talking about it being three minutes to midnight, or in some cases, it's midnight already with the ELD mandate out there. And on the program during the last hour on the show, a great conversation with Tim Ashoff, the president of, of uh, Crete and Schaefer, Sam Walker, company driver for Crete, and Randy Dickey, a company driver as well for Crete. And they were talking about some of the benefits and some of the disadvantages, you know, that are out there. And, you know, this is not a, a perfect system by any stretch of the imagination, ladies and gentlemen, but it's the industry's way of coming into the technology age. A lot of ups and downs, pros and cons with the ELD, and that is what we were talking about in Dallas. Great conversation, great feedback among the members of the panel and also of the audience, and now on board to talk a little bit more about this. In the second hour, taking this a step further, is John McDonald and also Tom Cuthbertson with Omnitrax, and both are on board to go into a lot of detail about what this means. And John, a little bit of background about him. He's been a driver for eight years. He's got a bachelor's degree in English, spent 15 years 
years, taking care of his mother and his grandmother. He decided he wanted to get out and see the country, make a little money. He got his Class A CDL and began his driving career with Crete. He started as a company driver, became a trainer, and eventually decided to purchase his own truck. And he's now an owner-operator at and, is, and has extensive experience working with other drivers to help them adjust to the electronic locking devices. And also on board, I've got Tom Cuthbertson. He is the Vice President of Regulatory Compliance at Omnitrax. He's been in the industry for 27 years as both a as uh, both as a carrier and a supplier involved in telematics and vehicle systems since 1990 and Tom you've been involved with regulatory issues since 1996 you worked closely with the FMCSA and the CBSA driver traffic safety committee it's great to welcome both of you on the program and Tom good afternoon to you sir let's start with you how are you Great. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is, uh, I think, really incredible when you look at the fact that the clock is ticking. I mean, we're either three minutes to midnight, or as Tim Bashoff mentioned last hour, it is midnight. Is that correct? What would you say to that? Uh, yes, I think so. I think, you know, when, when you're inside 90 days, as we are right now, it's, you know, there's not much time left, right? And you know, there's quite a few devices out there that are registered, and there's a lot of documentation and communications on what these devices do and what the regulation says. So, um, you know, we've been trying to help people with training and awareness to get them up to speed on this thing because there's a lot of technical specifications in there that people really don't need to be aware of, but it affects how these things work. I also too, I think, too, Tom, and be our guide on this, you know, because many of the drivers out there are looking at so many different types of ELD models. You know, this one can do this, or you can get this one for that price out there. None of these devices are certified by the FMCSA, are they? No, this is a registration process. It's still self-certification as it was under AOBRD. Um, but what, what, what happens is you still have to submit a number of documents with, with detailed documentation, and there's different processes you have to put in in the document you have to submit and how you made sure that your device was certified. Um, not to put a plug in with other stuff we do, but um, you know I work extensively with TMC, and we published a white paper there on how to look at a compliant device. And FMCSA actually on the web page has an FAQ that kind of describes. And, uh, it's a helpful document. It may not be as much detail as the ATA document, but it gives people an idea of what they need to look for in a, in a compliant device. I've also got a thing, too, from uh, your vantage point, uh, that when you talk with the drivers out there, that they, they are saying to you, you know, there's a lot of information out there. We just don't know where, where to begin. Mm -hmm. uh, has the industry done a good job explaining this whole thing? Can the industry do a lot better in your estimation? Well, I, you know, you can always do better. You can always go backwards and take a look at what you said. Um, we've been trying to, we've been doing a lot of webinars, and we've been doing this, you know, well for uh, close to two years. And we don't talk about product. We talk about this is the regulation. This is what's in there. This is where drivers should be aware. This is where carriers should be aware. And try to step through it and make it more, you know, get, get rid of the technical mumbo-jumbo, right? And talk about driver control and talk about carrier responsibilities and things of that nature. I think there's been, I would say, a good six or seven, maybe eight, that you see all the time. Mm-hmm conducting webinars, uh, sharing information, 
And it seems to me they're sharing it from the standpoint of this is what's in the ELD mandate. They're not really sharing how great my product is. Mm, okay, so more informational-based. In other words, solution-based yes. information out there. Now, John, yes. let me ask you this, and thank you again for joining me on the program. What are you hearing from other drivers out there? Is it a question of them trying to figure out the ELT mandate, or is it a question many are saying, you know what, if we only had the ability to stop the clock with the uh, the 14-hour rule. This would make it more safe, and we wouldn't have to worry about the ELT mandate. What's at issue? Is it the ELT mandate, or is it really the hours of service, in your estimation? It's You know, it's funny. I talk to a lot of guys. Most people I know really don't have a problem with it. They really don't. Those that do are, aren't up to snuff on what they are, how simple they are, and that they're not going to lose hours. But they're basically worried about losing hours of service, which, from my experience with Crete, we've we've had them for years. Mm-hmm. And so have a lot of the major carriers have had them for years. I think Werner's had them even longer, has had them over about 10 years mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know how you're going to lose time. I don't know how you're gaining time. By being on paper logs, and we touched upon this uh, at the panel, right. unless you're fudging them, unless somehow you're finding a way to kind of nudge it one way or another in your favor always, or blatantly doing it, so you know what I mean? Um, with these, you can't do that. That's absolutely impossible. However, the benefits and are, uh, it's so less so much uh, less complicated to, to fill out. You don't fill out anything. You right. know what I mean? Like, I'll sure. give you, for instance, and this is something that a lot of drivers like. You get up in the morning, and you do your thing, and it's time to do the pre-trip. With the paper logs, it used to be you had to pull out the paper logs, what time is it, look on your graph, pull out the ruler, make a line, drop down to on-duty, not driving, then draw another line, where are you, you know, you know what I mean? What city are you in and what are you doing? I'm doing a uh, safety check or a pre-trip, whatever you're going to put down. And then you do the pre-trip, and then you go for 15 minutes, and then you got to go up to driving, and then you drive. And then when you stop, you got to do the whole thing over every single time. And at the end of the day, you and then you have to go down and fill out forms for um, uh, tractor inspection, trailer right. inspection. Do you, you, you know what I mean? You don't do any of that. With the ELD or, or you know, with the electronic log, I get up. And literally push on duty and write a note. And it just takes it. It takes it from there. What do you say to the guys that are out there that will that are saying, "Man, I'm going to lose a lot of productivity with this thing." What well, do you they're say not to going to because, like okay. I said, you don't you don't do any of that. You just roll. Then I'd safety check, do the safety check, get okay. the truck and drive. That's it. And the other thing is, when you do all the different things that you had to uh, uh, mark and, and, and notate for fueling. Uh, arrival at not arrival at shipper, but but when you get there, whether you're doing a live unload or, or a, uh, a drop and hook, it was always 30 minutes, 30 whole minutes for a drop and hook, 15 for a live unload that you right. had to do because you're not really doing anything. And when you fuel, it had to be 15. My fuel now is is like eight minutes, and I'm out the door. I've dropped and hooked in right. 12. You know what I mean? Sure. Because it's all in real time, so you actually gain time. 
So it's helping you to get back out quicker, keep those wheels rolling, which adds to the profitability. Let's go to Weatherman in Oregon first up. Weatherman, thank you, sir, for joining me on the program. As far as you are concerned, good sir, are you seeing or hearing about productivity losses? What would you say to that? Well, I can say I work for a company that we get paid by the hour. It doesn't matter what we're doing. We get paid by the hour. And we are losing productivity because when we were able to log it in the past on paper laws, we were able to, you know, yeah, you can fudge the books a little bit. We were able to fudge the books a little bit. But now with the ELDs, we are actually not able to make it to our shippers or to our receivers um, with the ELDs because it is so accurate to the minute where we were able to extend, you know, that you know, budget it by about a 15, using the seven and a half minute rule. Okay, so, what is, and from that standpoint, I mean, losing that productivity means loss of dollar for you, correct? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I lose, you know, money. I, you know, instead of working, uh, you know, 15 hour day, okay. you know, and I could, I could, I now, I'm running 14, I'm, to that 14 hours, you know, for the hourly driver, we're losing our we're losing our, our money. The company's losing money because we can't make it to a shipper or a receiver before they open or before they close. All right, let me let me and, get uh, let me get John to comment on that. And uh, weatherman, I appreciate the uh, phone call in. And uh, what do you say to that, John? I mean, you know, is it a case where I have no idea? Okay, what the situation was is with weatherman. Okay, how 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 seven minutes? And I'm not I'm not saying this in any way disparaging. Understood. In any kind of disparaging way, I don't know how seven minutes is going to magically make you show up on time, or whether you can drive eleven. You can still only drive 11, right. it's 14 or 15, unless it's all live loads and unloads and you're waiting a lot. In which case, it's not the logs problem, it's the lumper or the loader and unloader. That's what, I mean, I'm thinking maybe that's it, that if, if 15 is better than 14, that means you're sitting a lot getting loaded or unloaded. And so, therefore, you need maybe a, you know, slightly more time, in which case the problem isn't the ELD. It's who's loading and loading you. Otherwise, if you're just rolling all day long, maybe, I don't know, they, they should reschedule things. Right. Or, 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 you know what I mean? That sort of thing. Well, let me ask you this, Tom. From your vantage point, what are the shippers saying about this? I mean, they know this mandate's coming. And they know that, you know, in some way, shape, or form, this is going to trickle down to them because if the guys behind the wheel are maybe, you know, 50 miles away, they can't get there. Their product is going to be delayed it's going to be you know held up are, are the shippers shipping community starting to understand the importance of this in your estimation what do you no, think? i think they are I, I, you know because you know i talked to a bunch of carriers and you know even when i was a carrier you always had this care this you know carrier capable survey right yeah and some of them are asking are, are, are you eld compliant or are you aob or d compliant so some of them are looking at that just as well right and and I think I, I, you know we talked about this on the show, and I think the driver can attest to this. But if you get delayed at the shipper or the consignee for loading or unloading, right? Right. Before on paper you didn't have what time you got there, you didn't have a location, right? When you look at an ELD, when you stop driving, right? 
and you go to on duty, it right. shows you where you were exactly and what time it happened. Yeah, and that takes a lot of the stress off, doesn't it, uh, John, from your vantage point? Because like you were mentioning, you had to go back and recreate, you know, line one, drop down to line two, where were you at this well, you time? Don't, you don't recreate, you did it in real time. Okay. Like when I went to a shipper, I literally pulled in, pulled out my thing, and bam, did it right as soon as I got there, dropped down, where am I? And then you had to look at a map. Oh, I'm in Tacoma. So you'd put Tacoma, right. uh, you know, whatever, arrived at Shipper. You know, that's, and then you do, obviously, electronic calls, or we did, even with the paper logs that I arrived at Shipper, I'm loaded, you know, you're loaded call, that sort of thing. But, yeah, they, they are now, I mean, it's not that much different. I mean, you, I mean, again, we touched base upon this uh, at the truck show, is that you had to log anyway within 15 minutes. So if they're not getting you loaded and unloaded, you're out of time whether you're on ELDs or paper loads. This just makes it absolutely yeah. sure or, or much more likely that, that, that you're going to have compliance and people not cheating on the logs. And it kind of does uh, force the hand of shippers and receivers to get things done in a timely manner because it's over. Yeah, yeah, the, you know, yeah, that, absolutely. It's either three minutes to midnight for them, or it is at midnight. Let's go to Rooster up in Iowa. Rooster, welcome, sir. You're on the panel. What do you say to this? Uh, is this going to make you more productive out there, or will you lose productivity with the ELDs? Hello, no, you tell me. I'm supposed to be delivering in Denver, Colorado today, and I'm already back in Iowa empty. I'm on, I've been on electronic logs for five, six years now. <laughs> okay, okay. So, well, and it's... And it, Go ahead. Go ahead. That's nope. time management is what it is. Yeah. It, time it, time is it a case in that estimation? Can it be really just as simple as that as far as time management in, in your estimation? What are you hearing from your fellow drivers out there? Is that what it boils down to? Well, to me, it's, you know, I, I may be different. I may be the hot duck and everything. Uh, the only concern that I have is um, two things. One, when they crash... Uh, for me, I, uh, all I do is call my road service people, and within a couple of minutes, I'm up and going. I don't even have to stop. They can, you know, fix me as I'm going down the road. You know, it's a computer glitch. Um, what's the one-man band going to do? Who is he going to call? You know, Ghostbusters or somebody? Who is he going to call to fix it? Yeah, and the second thing, yeah, well, actually, I got three. The second thing is, um, are you going to be able to edit? I, I, I'm on Qualcomm, and I can edit anything but drive time. You know, if I happen to pull in a truck stop at night and park and go to bed and don't hit the button three times, only twice, and it puts me on duty for eight hours, well, I can get up in the morning and fix that. Mm. Uh, not not all of them you can. And another thing I'm going to see that's going to happen, too, it's just like when the APUs came out. Everybody and their brother was making them. Just like these electronic control deals we're having now. Right. How many are in business a year or two down the road? No, no, absolutely. That customer service support uh, going to be real critical for that. I appreciate the phone call, Rooster. I got a break uh, for a few minutes. I got to do traffic and weather and uh, drivers. Hey, great stuff. Love to get you on board. I've got a two-hour roundtable underway, ladies and gentlemen, about the ELD mandate. And basically, I'm just recreating a panel uh, discussion that I had at the uh, Great American Truck Show in Dallas. There was a lot of great debate, a lot of great exchange uh, between the panel members among themselves and among the audience out there. This is a subject that has fired up the trucking industry. And uh, on board this hour, I've got John McDonald. He's been driving for eight years. Uh, he's got his class uh, ACDL. 
and began driving uh, his driving career with Creedy. Had spent a lot of time taking care of his mom and his grandmother out there. He's now an owner-operator and uh, has extensive experience working with other drivers to help them adjust to using their electronic logging device. Randy, uh, also on the phone, I've got Tom Cuthbertson. He's the VP of Regulatory Compliance at Omnitrax. He's been in the industry uh, for 27 years. He is also a co-inventor with two patents on driver and vehicle performance while at Rockwell International. One of these devices record how private is the information inside of that ELD. That's one of the questions I've got for the panel coming up out of the break. Are insurance companies, in other words, uh, will they be able to access that data? Who's going to get a hold of that ELD data once it is recorded? We'll get into that as well. Coming up out of the break, I got Michael in Tennessee, but housekeeping time now. Let's go the, do the traffic and weather this minute right here on Sirius XM. Up to the minute news, live on the trucking industry. It's Road Dog Trucking News with Mark Willis. Drivers, again, thanks for joining me on the program. A two-hour forum underway. Right now, concerning the ELD mandate, you know, the clock ticking on that. And like I mentioned, it's either three minutes to midnight in your world or it is midnight. Uh, man, this mandate is under 90 days now. The clock is really really ticking. It is an incredible subject when you think about what is at stake here, what is at stake for the industry if it had not gone through. That is something I want to bring up with the panel. What would the trucking industry look like if we didn't have the ELD mandate in place? And uh, I spent the uh, first couple, the first hour on the program, I should say, talking with Tim Ashoff, the president of Crete and Shaper Trucking, also driver Sam Walker and Randy Dickey. And now I'm extending the conversation a little bit further to talk about the technology uh, and on the panel this hour i've got john mcdonald and uh, john is a uh, driver for creed he started as a company driver became a trainer eventually decided to get his own truck he's now an owner operator owner operator i should say and has got extensive experience working with other drivers to help them adjust to using the electronic locking device and uh, also on the phone with me as well tom cuthbertson he is the vp of regulatory compliance at omnitrax been in the industry for 27 years and uh, tom and john let me throw this out to both of you uh if you want to jump on board either one can take this or or, or maybe both do it's uh, uh, the thoughts of what Rooster was mentioning about, you know, what do you do if this is a, you know, a one-man band? Can you edit these things? Uh, you know, let's talk about that from uh, from your vantage point. How would you, or how would you respond I, to I, I do. I, you can. Companies are different. I talked to a guy, and I can't remember which company, but it was a, a major carrier. Uh, and they, have, they had e-logs. And it was the type of thing where... He was kind of getting upset because the company wouldn't let them edit at all those logs. Okay, now we cannot, no one can edit the drive line because that's what everyone's concerned about, the drive line, okay? But at Crete, you can edit the uh, 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 off-duty, sleeper berth. I, I can even edit the um, on-duty not driving line, just not the drive line. But they don't like too many. They don't want it over and over. Like every day you're editing two, three times a day. Right. But it comes in handy. So if I go to a dock and they say, okay, stay here, you're done. And I'm on duty. I'm like, but, 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 no, you got to stay here. We got to unload. We don't let drivers in their truck. Now I'm on duty, let's say, for two hours, right? Then I can go, okay, no problem. And I don't even sweat it one bit. I go back in the truck, go on, edit it, and I do 15 or 20 minutes on duty. 
the time it took me to check in and, and, and sit there and then eat donuts and look at the TV. And that's it. And I'm done. And then, boom, it goes right to off-duty, and it shows an ed- edit. Uh, so I'm off-duty for an hour and 40, and I'm on-duty for 20. Well, but can't you do the same thing with paper locks, though? I mean, uh, I know you can't edit the drive line, uh, but well, is it the, the same thing? thing? You can do the same thing with paper logs okay. easily. However, you can do the same thing with some of the same things with paper that you can do with e e-locks, which is the point. You're not relegated to whatever it says. It says you can edit them to fit reality, what's actually happening, just not the drive line. Let's go to Michael next up in the state of Tennessee. Michael, agree or disagree, sir? What is your thoughts? You're on with Tom and John. How you doing, Mark? This is my first time calling in. Welcome, sir. Uh, yeah, real quick, man. The only thing I say is it needs flexibility. That's it. Uh, I don't have a problem with the e-laws. It's just no flexibility. That's the biggest. I think that's the biggest problem. Yeah. What do you say to that, guys? As far as the, you know, the flexibility. What, what do you mean by flexibility? I'm just curious. As as far as like, say you get you could get to a shipper and you know the product may not may not be ready and you've already started your clock. Uh, you can't go. You can't do anything to stop the clock. Or it could be due to weather. Or it could be due to weather. Or Road construction, you can, you can or, go off duty. You, know, just, you just go off duty. Well, yeah, but if you're in road construction, you can't go off duty. You got to yeah. stay in that driving line. See, what I'm saying is basically, if you look at just look at your personal life, you know, even with your personal life, your plan changed. You know, your plan and life changed. Well, you can't do anything to change that. You know, driving line. So I think it should be flexibility to to at least stop that clock. You know, say for an accident or. Right. Road construction, road, you know, you know, street being out of. Yeah, you can't plan for that. Let me, let me give you one thing. But they do stop the clock. If there's an accident and I'm driving, and we're told this with our annual uh, review of what's what's kosher and what's not. If you're, if if I am, and I know this, I've 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 done it, and I've never heard, I've asked logs about it. If, If you're driving, let's say, and bam, there's a major wreck in front of you. You pull the brakes. You turn off your motor and you're sat there on the whatever freeway you're on. If you can turn off the engine, pull the brakes, and get out of your truck and chit-chat with other people, you can go off-duty right then and there. Hmm. Right, right. So you it go is, off-duty, it is but your 14 is still ticking, though. Yeah. Right, but your 14 is still ticking. Yeah. Let's say if you had, so if you had a 2 o'clock. That's exactly the same with paper locks. Oh, well, no, 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 no. no. Gentlemen, let me get uh, Tom to jump in on that as well. Yeah. Tom, what, what do you say to that? I mean, you know, well, it, 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 with ELD mandates, sure. I think FMCSA recognized something, right? And what they said was that you have to sense that there's zero miles per hour within three seconds, and you're in drive at five miles per hour. So what they also added was that if you, if they, if the device senses zero miles per hour. Right? It starts a timer for five minutes. At the end of the five minutes, it asks the driver, do you want to remain on duty, remain and driver go on duty? Right. If the driver doesn't catch it, that device will automatically put the driver on duty, even if they're in a situation behind the wheel of an accident, a work zone breakdown, right? A, a big weather delay. Those, those things are why they put that in there. So there's, that thing is in there to help the driver automatically do it. I, I don't disagree with what John said, right? You know, that's fine. You know, he's doing the right thing, appropriate thing right. on the roadbed on an ALBRD. But the ELD gives another function in there 
compensates for some of that flexibility you may need. All right, I've got a break, gentlemen. So, uh, Michael, thank you for the phone call, and uh, don't be a stranger. Call back, sir. I'm always welcoming new callers to the program, and drivers, I want to welcome you if you are just now tuning in. See, this is a great debate, a great subject, ladies and gentlemen. We are under 90 days with the ELD mandate. It's either midnight in your world or it's three minutes to midnight. Where are you on all of this? I'm trying to bring you a panel discussion about some of the ups and the downs with this thing as we get very close uh, to what is going on. John McDonald on the phone. He is a driver with Creed. And also on the phone, I've got Tom Cuthbertson, the VP of Regulatory Compliance at Omnitrax. And uh, gentlemen, every single phone line lit up. And that's great. That's what I want. I want to hear the debate. I want to hear the conversation. I want to get it out there across North America, both sides, to let the public decide what's right for them. First of all, let me update what's going on with traffic and weather. Let's do that now. This minute right here on Sirius XM. Drivers say coast to coast and border to border, and in Canada, you are listening to a live radio show. Thanks for joining me here on the program. My name is Mark Willis, and let me give you the phone number to call into the show to get started. It's 888-876-2336, all across North America. I am taking two hours out of this program today, ladies and gentlemen, to go into great detail presenting both sides of the ELD mandate. What does it mean for you? Is it midnight in your world? Or is it three minutes to midnight? Are you on board? Are you against the ELD mandate? Love to get your feedback on this. And uh, on the panel uh, for this hour, I've got uh, two people that are on to talk about all of this. Tom Cuthbertson is the Vice President of Regulatory Compliance at Omnitrax. Been in the industry for almost 30 years and John McDonald. He is a driver for Crete, and uh, he's now an owner-operator. He's got extensive experience working with other drivers to help them adjust to using their electronic locking device. And gentlemen, my thanks to the both of you for joining me on the program, and no doubt this is going to be a very hotly contested item as we get ever so close to this mandate uh, coming up. And uh, Tom, you know, one of the questions I've got uh, before we go back to the phone lines is how private is this data? In other words, uh, say a driver is running and, you know, the ELD's operating fine. Does that data remain private? Uh, or can an insurance company or insurance industry, as an example, uh, go in and say, well, you've had this number of heartbreaking actions, uh, you know, this was going on. How private is that data? Can companies outside of the trucking industry get a hold of that data? What do you say to them? Well, it's like this, right? The carrier has the security at the back office, so they... Companies outside of the trucking industry get a hold of that data. What do you say to them? Well, it's like this, right? The carrier has the security at the back office, so they, they take a lot of time to see who can access what systems, and they build, they build administrative security profiles. That certain people can only look at hours of service, certain people can only look at performance, things like that. When you get to the device itself, you know, even for roadside enforcement, the driver has to have the control to transfer the log detail mm-hmm. right. to enforcement. It's it's totally under driver control. And and FMCSA, you know, and, and a lot of the bigger suppliers have built a lot of security to protect that data from anybody. Mm-hmm. Never mind, you know, somebody just coming in and, and getting it. That, you know. We are involved quite extensively in cybersecurity as an industry trend right now because, you know, we're worried about the truck, worried about the data, worried about the driver security. Right. And, and when you look at the LD mandate, Mark, 
right? There's about four levels of security built into the ELD itself under the ELD mandate. Well, let me ask you this, John, from your vantage point, uh, being an owner-operator, and, and again, speaking in general, obviously, uh, is there concern from your vantage point about who can get a hold of that data from the owner-operator perspective? Honestly, not, not really, because um, I, mean, just, I just can't see what information they're going to get unless I'm doing everything wrong all the time. Okay. Uh, like to, 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 the, to that person's question, I, I really had to address this about the 14-hour thing. Sure. If you're in a, in a crash and you're sitting there, and I've done it. I've done it on the e-logs where I've run out of 14 hours because there was a major wreck on the I-20 outside of Jackson, Mississippi. And I was like, oh, my God, what do I do? It's going, dang, 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 going nuts. But I didn't know what to do, and I was there for two hours, and I, you know, and I had planned two hours to go just 15 miles, but it took me two and a half. Right. And I called up Crete, and I told them, you know, why. They said, oh, okay, and, and this is basically it. They're looking for patterns. So if you go over your 14 because of a wreck or something, that's not the end of it. That's not even an infraction. I didn't even get any points or anything, you know, from safety because it's not a pattern. I don't do it all the time. And there was a wreck on the 20. Right, in right. In terms of um, what you're talking about in terms of privacy, uh, I just, it, it's it's hard enough. I mean, I've gone and gotten total, total teardown inspections like in California, right, where they take the thing, they go under the truck, they're looking at the brakes, they're doing everything in Truckee, sure. California. And he goes to me, um, can I see your logs, please? And I go, well, I got e-logs. If you have a fax machine, I don't know, let me just see the summary page. Okay, thanks. Boom. That was it. Not even five seconds he looked at it. The guy next to me was on paper logs, and, I mean, he was going, his auditor was going through it with a calculator right. an hour. Goodness sake. And, so, and that, that hour lost productivity, right? Oh, huge. And he's yeah. trying to find yeah. out, was he where he was, and is it even possible to get that far with what he wrote down? And with me, it was, let me look at the summary, not even in detail, just the summary page. Right. Done over and out. All right, let's go to Simple Man. First up, this go round out of Kentucky. And welcome, sir. You're on with Tom and John. What say you? Is it midnight for you? It's is it getting close? Where are you with the ELDs? Mark, are you talking to me? Yes, sir. How are you? Hey, I'm doing really well. Uh, second time I've called you. I really enjoy your show. Oh, welcome, sir. And I uh, thank you. I uh, I'm an operator. Been driving 18 years. Uh, I've never used a computer log. Um, one of your hosts or one of your guests uh, said. Uh, about the editing earlier, so he already answered my question. But uh, I was just wondering about editing the log whenever, let's say, you forgot to put your pre-trip inspection on there or post-trip inspection or, you know, you forgot the log, you stopped and got fuel or whatever. Um, I drive legal, uh, and I have always driven legal, but I'm not really looking forward to the ELD just because I like to keep good paper uh, records. I like all my records right. where I can look through them, tax time, they're already organized, and I don't know how this computer log, and what am I going to have to do, print a bunch of papers out, come tax time? Uh, I don't know about that. And another thing is I haul a step deck and a um, low boy, and I a lot of times go to ports. And sometimes I'll sit there. I think the 14-hour rule is ridiculous. They'll yeah. throw that thing in the trash. 
uh, and go back to the old system we used to have. I do like the 11 hours of driving instead of the 10. Uh, and I like the 10-hour break instead of the 8. But yeah. the 14-hour rule, it's, it needs going to trash because sometimes I'll go to the port, right. unload, and those union guys, man, sometimes they'll take four, five, six, seven hours to unload you, and there goes your 14. Well, you know, let, let me get... No, I appreciate it. Let me let me get them to answer that, and I appreciate the uh, uh, phone call into that gentleman. And, you know, at the heart of what he was saying, and uh, Tom and John, this will be open to both of you, is this really maybe something we need to look at with the hours of service overall? I mean, we got the 11 and 14. So many guys have said, man, if I could split this thing or stop this clock, there wouldn't be any need for the ELD mandate. Uh, Tom, can the industry self-police, in other words, if we readjust or refocus the hours of service? Well, I, I think there's some things that happen, and I've, I've heard the discussion on the ports and other shippers, you know, with long delays to unload, right? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, as many presentations I've had, I've, I'll bet you 80% of the time I hear that discussion, right? And this doesn't change hours of service. But there was a, before the mandate came out, there was a, a bill called FAST Act that came out. Oh, sure. And within that is there's a study that they're supposed to look at the shipper delays and those kind of things. And, and I think they're getting to the end of the period when that study was supposed to be introduced, right, and, and reviewed again. Um, and I think I've said this before, but, you know, when you're there, and, and I understand you've got circumstances, there's no uh, vanilla box for this stuff when you get a delay. Mm -hmm. But when you, if you document, like John has said, you know, these situations where, you know what time you got there and you have a documentation that you were delayed by the unloading process and you have to get out to get to somewhere to park to get your reset. Mm -hmm. You know, even FMCSA says document, 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 and the ELD mandate allows you to put those comments in that you're concerned about. And it also affords you the ability to get copies of your logs, mm -hmm. be there for your tax purposes and that, because it's supposed to give you the ability to extract those logs so you have hard copy or PDF files, you know, mm -hmm. an image of your log so you can use them for filings. Uh, John, let me ask you this. From your vantage point, do you think uh, law enforcement is going to be ready for this come December? Uh, I mean, some of the things... I, I certainly hearing... hope so. Okay. I, mean, I really mean that. I certainly hope so. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know how they would be behind the curve. I mean, they, they have to know. And it's going to be a whole lot easier for them. Um, because it's virtually impossible to cheat on these things. I mean, you can, I guess, but if you get a, that's why they want you to get a compliant approved device. Right. Because if you do, you can't edit the driveline again. So they know that you can't do that now. No matter what they do with the 14, and there's arguments, arguments for it and against oh, it. Oh, certainly. You can still, if you're on paper logs, just completely falsify all kinds of stuff. Yeah. The, the question really isn't the 14, it's can you extend drive time and not show it on the log? Well, paper logs, that's easy. But on these things, it's really, really hard to do. It's not impossible. Is it uh, the, and that's it, why in California, he just wanted to look at the uh, summary page. He could see precisely how much time I had left to drive. Do these devices make you safer in your estimation? I think they do a bit. I think they make not me, but everybody, a little safer in that you have guys okay. now that if they are running over their 11, I mean, it's just so blatant that they're going to yeah. get caught a whole lot easier and they're going to be able to enforce compliance a lot more easily this way.
All right, I got to break one more time, guys. We're traveling in weather, so hold on. I want to send a thank you out uh, to my two guests here on the program, uh, Tom and John. And Tom, I want to get the website out there for uh, your company. What do you do? Where can they find you? Social media and all that. How can they reach you? Well, I think the best one for our topic at hand is eldfacts.com. That's eldfacts.com. And that is just information about the ELD mandate, white papers, webinars. You'll hear my melodious voice on some of them, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, I think that's there for good information for people. All right, very good. And, John, again, I want to thank you uh, for joining me on Thanks the program as well. You know, it's uh, really a great conversation, and it's not done yet. Uh, let's go to Roy, who's going to be first up this go-round out of the state of Michigan. Roy, I appreciate you joining me on the program, sir. What do you think? You're on with Tom and John. Hi, you're talking to Roy? Yes, sir, Roy. How are you? Great. I am excellent, fantastic. Um, I have a problem with the ELD setup at this time here as a result that I've just upgraded to a smartphone. And on that, I now have my GPS and everything set up. And there's times that I'm down, I'm going down the highway, and I don't have access to my GPS or anything because my 4G network is down in the area where I'm at. Now, we're going to have to comply with these ELDs, uh, or you know, comply with having the ELD, but what happens when the network goes down on us that we're not able to use, that it's not working right, and then so I go down the road, I'm on the driveline, everything's all great, and I stop to take my half-hour break. Oh, but the system is down, and now it's claiming, well, I'm taking you know, a nap or a break, whatever, uh, for that half hour that it's saying, oh, wait, you're on the drive line. Yeah. Now, I, now I'm not not I'm not able to stay in compliance with all this stuff here. All right, Roy, I've got to wrap it up on that. I'm almost out of time. And, John, what would you say to that? Uh, real simple, Roy, um, and that is that it's a satellite. It's not contingent on towers, A. So the chances of the satellite going out are slim to none. But if it does, you're required, and I'm sure the other gentleman here, will reiterate this, are required to have a paper logbook on hand in case the system does crash. That way you can pick it up from where you were and then go off-duty, take an app, and do your paper logs until which time the system's back up, and then you can hand that in, and they'll redo it retroactively, whatever your company is. All right, gentlemen, i got to wrap it up, and I'm leaving a number of folks that are holding on the line. Ron in Texas, Randy in North Dakota. My apologies, guys. I'm not going to be able to get to you, and my thanks to all of the participants on the panel talking about the ELD mandate, uh, a two-hour forum, the pros and the cons, both sides weighing in on this, and my thanks to you guys for being out there. My time is up on the program. i got to get out of here and make room now for the rest of the day, and that means that Casey Phillips is coming up right around the corner. He does have a live report coming up from Las Vegas. 